I'm Ebony K. Williams, your attorney at law and host. Welcome to Holding Court, where we analyze the very latest legal headlines everybody's already talking about. We dig into how the courts impact the culture. We break it all down for you, and we go straight from gavel to your news feed. And I promise you this, y'all, every single week, we're going to keep it a buck, keep it 100. Right, Dustin Ross? That's right, Ebony. Let's go ahead and hold court. Let's do it. Dustin Ross, how you doing, brother? Happy MLK Day. Happy MLK Day to you. It's a good day to be black, baby. It really is. It's a great mm-hmm. day to be black, black in America in particular. You know, MLK Day elicits a variety of feelings and responses uh, from us as black folk and then our, our white counterparts and, and, and Asian and Hispanic counterparts all over, all over the country. We're seeing tons of social media posts. I know you're seeing tons, it on your timeline. Tons. And I don't know about you, Dustin, but I got some mixed feelings. Um, well, I do too because of who's making the posts. <laughs> that's it. That's it right there. Who's making the post and what they are selecting to highlight mm-hmm. from Dr. King's legacy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Absolutely. Yeah. So one thing that's been interesting to me is seeing people who have post the violent and deadly because they were deadly riots mm-hmm. that happened on the Capitol last week. I guess. Has it been two weeks? Yeah, it's been almost. It's almost two weeks. Yeah. So, yeah. So in light of the deadly riots that, that took place on our nation's capital two weeks ago, uh, there's been this call for unity. You, you've been hearing about that, everything. You know what, guys? <laughs> right. Put all the violence down and let's just come together. We need to heal as a nation. It's time for healing. No, it's time for accountability and consequence. There That's you go. what it's time for. There you go. I'm, and, you know, listen, I hate to start some shit, Dustin. No, you let's know, start you, some you shit. You know how I hate starting shit. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Give me the stick so I can stir the pot. It's like, here's the thing. Yeah, I'm looking at my timeline as we speak. And I'm seeing tons of folks, black and white, mm-hmm. and everything in between with the, we have to decide to stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. Uh, you know, let's come together. Let's do this. Nah, nah. Oh, I, 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 nah. I'm, I'm going to tell you a white person that got it right to me today. Uh-huh. And that is um, Bronwyn from the Real Housewives of Orange County. Yeah, she usually keeps it real about everything. Let me tell you what Bronwyn said, child. I said, all right, I see you, Bronwyn. So Bronwyn, uh, this is her caption. She says, each day on MLK Day, we see quotes of empowering love over hate, blah, 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 which is a beautiful and very true sentiment. However, I think now more than ever, we need to focus on the MLK quotes and ideas that are not, quote, whitewashed. I like the term. I like the term. uh, For the purpose of garnering, quote, unity. Because MLK also said this. First, I must confess that over the last few years, I have been gravely disappointed with the white moderate. Mm. almost reached a regrettable conclusion that the Negro's great stumbling block in this stride towards freedom is not the Ku Klux Klan, but instead the white moderate who is more devoted to order than to justice. The white moderate who prefers a negative peace in the absence of tension, here's that that call to unity, mm-hmm. as opposed to a positive peace, p- positive peace rather, which is in the presence of actual justice. The white moderate who always says, I agree with your goal, but can you can you pursue a different method? Can you wait for a better season, a more convenient season? And then she has this quote, which I I, I appreciate. And I'm, I was, you know, I feel a way, Dustin, because I was already about to put this on my, my IG story. Uh-huh. Damn, how did a white girl beat me to it? But it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. I love that she did it. Yes. Rowan's quote is this. Whites, it must be frankly said, are not putting in a similar mass effort to re-educate themselves 
out of their racial ignorance. Mm. It is an aspect of their sense of superiority that the white people of America believe they have so little to learn. And that's from his writing, Where Do We Go From Here in 1967? Important to know, just one year before his death. Wow. And, and, I, and again, Dustin, when I, we all look back at Dr. King's legacy. He's like many folks that have done this incredible life-changing work, where when you start reading Dr. King's speeches and letters and writings closer to his death, mm -hmm. A, I believe this is the man, Dustin, that knew he was going to die. I mean, he yeah. talked about it, he wrote about it. He knew that the work God had put him on this earth to do was going to cost him his life. Yeah, and he was he willing was. to pay that. He was willing to pay it. And so therefore, when he reached closer to the end of his life, which I believe he knew was coming, he allowed himself to speak more bluntly. Yeah, more he, plainly. Give fuck. he didn't give a fuck no more. He said, because yeah. I'm about to be out. There. Yeah. So, so here's how it is. Know, that's it. Yeah, that's it. I'd love to see it. And shout out to Brownlin for um, standing in her whiteness the right way. Now, now that's when yeah. white is right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Listen, I like that. White is right. <laughs> you know, Dustin, you know we're working on um, procuring just the right white guest um, for holding court here because it's yeah. really time. We have got to have a conversation with white people. That's you know, right. Because, you know, the, what is going on in this country the we can call it division. I, I I think it's just an acknowledgement of who we've always been. Mm -hmm. it, it very much has to do with white people. Um, of course, it is our freedom, our liberation that we are fighting for. But if we're going to coexist in this country alongside white Americans who have long believed many of them that they have a ordained and divine sense of superiority as it relates to social order and social contract on this land that we built and they bought us here in shackles to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We got to have a serious conversation with uh with our white brethren about uh, whiteness, about whiteness specifically, specifically. Yeah. how it's defined, how it's valued historically, how it works, how it works and and mm -hmm. how it's actually going to be valued moving forward. Absolutely, yeah. So can't wait to talk about it. Stay tuned for that conversation about whiteness with, right, yeah. with somebody white. Yeah. We're going to sit and chit, like Aretha said. Sit I and like chit that. chat. That's what we're going to do. We're going to have a little chit chat. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so that's MLK Day. We are recording on MLK Day. We will be airing, though, on a very important day as well, as we know, Dustin, yes. the inauguration of number yes. 46. Thank yes. you, sweet baby Jesus. Yes. I am thrilled to death that we are having a new leadership administration in this country. Dustin, how are you feeling in anticipation of inauguration of Joe Biden as president and Sora Kamala Harris as VP? Well, I'm elated um, just to hear those words because it definitely could have been a completely different conversation today. Um, so I'm very happy about that. But I got to admit, I'm a little bit pissed if, I, if I'm being transparent, because this is a year when I would have been all up in mm. and through the inaugural balls in my tuxedo and, and enjoying myself with a glass of something brown. OK, oh, OK, OK. And damn it, I can't go because of COVID. So, you know, this is one of those things that I am going to complain about because I can. Because you can't. Well, Dustin, you're not able to go because of COVID, but you're also not able to go because they're having hardly any mm -hmm. celebrations or inaugurations, even the small ones that were planned. Like I got a little email from somebody inviting me to an inauguration reception for Wednesday. Okay. It's, been, it's been canceled wow. because of the riots and the threat and the threats of danger and bombing and terrorism that are being anticipated for this year's inauguration. So if there's yeah. COVID and then there's this immediate threat of hostile, deadly violence. Mm -hmm. 
the I mean, proud, it's unbelievable. The Proud Boys and uh, what's those, the other, boys, yeah. yeah. Come, yeah, did you see the initiation online, Ebony? There was a video of, I guess there's a chant that they have to say and, and a process that goes through and they initiate a new proud boy into the organization. And when I tell you it was the dumbest shit, I said, <laughs> y'all can't even do that right. Y'all can't even whoop nobody ass into the organization right. It well, was terrible. Yeah. But yeah. anyway. I'm glad just proud boys anyway. What a freaking yeah. loser. Boys. Uh, Lame. Yeah. So, you know, the inauguration is 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 bittersweet in that way. I'm with you. But, you know, my crazy self is going because okay. I, I, I'm Period. going to cover it. Yeah. For Revolt Black News. We were one of uh, uh, just a handful of black outlets, mm -hmm. Dustin, that was selected to even get a Secret Service credential. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah. And I take that very. I'm, I'm humbled by it. I, I think it's a testament to the work that we do on the network yes. to tell these moments of history from a authentically black lens yeah. for our audience that deserves to know what's going on and how it's going to impact them and the culture. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna go, uh, revolt's been really, really stand up about everything. I'm going with a security guard who's going to be with me from the moment I get on my transportation to the moment I get back to New York city. So God is good. Do give me prayers for traveling mercy, my dear of Dustin. Course, of course. Um, I'm not. And here's the thing. You know, I really did have a honest moment of contemplation with myself. Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, I think I'm a badass. You know, I'm all of five, three and a half. <laughs> but I really feel like I'm a six, two bitch. Mm -hmm. You know, I really feel that way. On the inside. On the inside. That's right. You know, but I said, you know, I'm not. What's the word? Invincible. At That's all. the reality. I'm not. I know I'm not crazy as hell. And people are crazy. And I said, Ebony, are you in this moment actually being irresponsible? Um, by going to this event, knowing the threats of danger that lie afoot. But my conclusion was this, and I literally prayed on this. Mm -hmm. And my answer was this, Dustin, like, if I don't, who will, you know, and what I'm not about to do is allow a cowardly threat of danger to mm -hmm. silence our people, mm -hmm. to silence my journalistic voice, and to keep me from participating in this incredible historic moment. That's um, right. I'm going to go. I'm going to do reporting from the National Mall, get great interviews with people that are going to be a part of this new administration, and we'll be reporting back to you and all of our people as it relates to how it's going to impact our future. Literally can't wait to see it. That's incredible. And once again, you're a part of history, Ebony. Um, you're going to be right. there for the inauguration of the first female and most importantly, Black female yes, yes. vice president ever. Yeah. So Ever. this is some historical shit, girl. Plus, I think you can fight anyway, Ebony. I can tell by the way you drag out the S's on the end of your words sometimes. You know, I, I, I uh -huh. think I did. I've never had to lay these hands on anybody, uh -huh. but I think that push come to you shove. You may have to. Push come to shove. Okay. We're going to be all right. We're going to be right. all right. You know what I'm happy about, though, Dustin, is whose ugly ass face I won't have to see is Trump. Oh, yes, 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 yes. As if the motherfucker was invited in the first day. That's right. You done broke every, this one tradition. I want him to break. Stay right. your ass at home. Don't even come. A side note, I thought it was hilarious and so perfect that the, I believe, Pentagon mm -hmm. uh, refused his request to have like a military mm -hmm, send off. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, you, you think you're getting that, bro? You ain't get your ass out of here. Get your ass on. Go on ahead to Mar-a-Lago, wherever the hell you going. <laughs> That's right. Because we're not here for you at right. all. Go down You've and dance with Beach Boys in Mar-a-Lago and, and Vanilla Ice. Did you see that? Yes. That yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my god! All these D-list celebrities are just like uh -huh. washing away their legacy with this bullshit. It's terrible. It's terrible. Um, also on Wednesday, we are going to have the inauguration of Kamala and Joe, as you said. But there's also some other high-profile um, new roles that will be occupied. Uh, most of all, Raphael Warnock, Reverend yes. Raphael Warnock, and John Orsoff, yes. uh, Orsoff, it rather in the Senate. And I mean, that's going to be beautiful. that. I, Beautiful and so powerful because this will be, you know, really what Biden and Kamala need to, to be get effective. the work done. Exactly. That's right. That's yep. right. Thanks, Stacey. Yes. Thank you, Stacey. And all I know is I've been seeing a lot of appointments right in the mm -hmm. administration so far. And most of them I've been pleased with for mm -hmm. the most part. Mm -hmm. I just know Stacey better get whatever the hell she wants. Yes. You know, Some, so I'm not sure what she wants. Something is there for her, for sure. But it needs to be huge. Yeah. Uh, because this is a sister that understands process, systems, organization, and follow through. That's right. And executes every single time. So there's a yes. space for her, for sure. Okay. So listen, uh, later on in this particular episode, we're going to get all into the nitty gritty with the, the good sis, Queen Bevy Smith. Uh, right. We're here for Bevy. Right, Dustin? Absolutely. I can't uh, wait to talk to Bevy. Bevy's, Bevy's been, and I have my Bevy story that I'll tell before the interview. Bevy is just really one of the people in our industry that, that, that leaves the ladder for those of us that come behind her in the mm -hmm. space so that we can ascend to our highest potential. Mm -hmm. And you know, Dustin, I ain't got to tell you. Mm -hmm. Everybody does not do that. They do not. But Bevy is notorious for that. Um, and just for lending and helping hand in any way she can to people who she sees promise in. Um, so, yeah. Shout out to Bevy. Shout out to Bevy. And we're about to make uh, Bevelations. And we, by, by we, I mean the entire culture. Uh, we're going to make Bevelations, her new released memoir, a New York Times bestseller. Hell the yeah. press run has been in impeccable mm -hmm. i mean you can't look you can't breathe without seeing bevy smith right now That's bevy's right. been on wendy bevy's been on the breakfast club mm -hmm. bevy's been on uh new york day mm -hmm. bevy's last night on watch what happens live yeah. um and she gave your girl a very sweet shout out it was she, really you know cool. i saw that and I love it. Yep. it was it made me blush you know she, she made a black girl blush and we're going to honor bevy in this episode and i have a very particular i'm, I'm deep into the book Dustin, and there's a particular mm -hmm. chapter that is very germane to some of the conversations we've already been having here on Holding Court yes. about Black ownership yes. in the space. And, and the I can't. That she made. Yes, sir. Yep. Yes, sir. You know, Bevy been about the life. So we're going to get into that and much more later in the show. But first up, we're going to get into this week's headlines on our docket. All right. First up on the docket. Oh, Lordy. This brother, we can't get away from him. Kanye West. Easy. So tired. I'm just really tired. I'm so tired. It's always some shit about Kanye. All right. But this time it's a lawsuit. So, Dustin, he's suing a former summer intern to the tune of half a million dollars, 500K, for reportedly breaking an NDA. For those that live under a rock, an NDA is a non-disclosure agreement. They're everywhere. And this intern as all employees of any corporation typically have to do, sign an NDA. Uh, mm -hmm. They are a part of our daily life, right, Dustin? Absolutely. Everybody, everybody yeah. and their mama got an NDA for a variety of reasons. And I want to yeah. just make this point because in the debate season, in the election season, there can be this notion that NDAs are nefarious. You mm -hmm. know what I'm talking about? 
as mm -hmm. if you, you're asking people to sign NDAs because you want to hide something negative. That is very much not always the case. They are oftentimes used to protect the intellectual integrity or the creative integrity of specific product. Or Absolutely. Ideas. Yeah. And that's really what this NDA was for here. Then this was what killed me after several alleged requests from the Yeezy team to, they sent uh, cease and desist letters asking basically, can you please take this shit down? Apparently the answer was nah. And that is what has led to this very recent half a million dollar lawsuit because in the NDA, mm -hmm. you basically agree that if you breach, if you become a material breach of this agreement to non-disclose, you will be liable for, in this case, half a million dollars worth of damages. Yeah. So, well, I'm laughing. I don't know about you, but I'm over here <laughs> cracking up. And wasn't he just sued by the um, Sunday service choir for non-payment? Yes, non yeah. So yeah. And what, I don't, what's wait, really going on? Put a pin in that because why the hell were you not paying uh, anybody on your team when it has been reported, widely reported, that Yeezy mm -hmm. got about a $2 million and separate $5 million check through taxpayer money our money, Dustin, went to pay yeah. this shit yeah. under the PPP program. And the, the mere fact that they would go this far as to sue somebody who they know don't have the $500,000 for that amount of money, it's just his ego. His, you know, how dare you share my idea? Because he thinks so much of his ideas and concepts, which we all should. But in his case, it's obviously narcissistic. So I'm just, I ain't got nothing for him. I'm sorry, Ebony. Yeah, you do. You have laughter. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of uh, dumb shit on social media, mm -hmm. this is where social media has some good because, you know, I'm, I'm highly critical in general. I think the net uh, effect of social media has been pretty fucking terrible. Yeah. But one place that it comes in handy is when you're trying to track down a bunch of terrorist idiots who have caused uh, violence, uh, detriment and death. Broken the law. Broken the law. And led the to death. <laughs> And everything, and Nancy Pelosi's desk, and everything else, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, the we're talking, of course, about the terrorists that invaded our nation's capital just a couple of weeks ago, and then had the audacity and or the complete idiocity to post it on social media. Um, like, what the fuck? Like, are you guys like? I, I, I'm, okay, let me let me slow down because <laughs> let me slow down because Justin. Yes, Ab. When Take I started time. seeing, right, when I started seeing this, I said it could only be one of two things. Now, there's a lot of rumors that a lot of these agitators and domestic terrorists mm -hmm. are method. Let, let's just say it plain. Mm -hmm. that they, they're, mm -hmm. they're, they're, you know, they're, they're a lot of missing teeth. Fit the and, description, um, yellow you know, jaundiced like, eyes, like, dark like, circles. Stringy hair, mm -hmm. you know, um, saggy skin, all of Angry, that. Angry, you know, mm -hmm. all those things, yeah. So it's, it's a presumption that a lot of these folks were on narcotic okay mm -hmm. so maybe when you're in under the influence we'll call it mm -hmm. your your faculties ain't working right and so you think it's okay to post overt criminal activity on your social media overt but it could be deeper i suspect it's deeper dustin i believe this is a byproduct mm -hmm. of white america having reinforced at every turn in our nation's history and present day existence, that whiteness will never be held accountable for the yeah. wrong that they do. Bingo. There That's it is what right I, there. 
I yep. really think it's that because I'm like, you know, nobody's that stupid. No, this is a byproduct of thinking we are entitled mm -hmm. to act any fucking way we want to off of the strength of our white supremacy. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, why would they not think that? And we're going to get to a little bit later in this story. When you have your own American government, the own Department of Defense, uh, the own Capitol Police Department, where the black police officers that used to work on that department, Dustin, have complained for the better hat since since the early 2000s. Wow. Like I'm talking about formal complaints. I'm talking about literal formal written complaints saying things. I mean, this shit is crazy. Saying things like like this happened. These cops said these black cops that used to work on the Capitol Police Department, they never took us seriously. Over 250 black cops from that department, Dustin, have sued the what? Capitol Police Department since 2000, 250 of them. They what? recount stories where they were called N-word by their fellow officers. One black officer, Dustin, said he found a hangman's noose in his locker. Mm, mm, mm. One black officer, Dustin, said he was told by a colleague, again, on the Capitol Police Department force, Obama monkey, go back to Africa. This mm. ain't, and I'm not talking about stuff that was said in 1962. I'm talking about stuff that has been said since the year 2001. Okay. Well, how poetic that that's going on in the nation's capital. You know what I mean? How reflective of, and that's why we're in this predicament now. So I think that these people absolutely had the audacity and the whiteness. Let's watch this whiteness work. Okay. They yep. didn't think, they thought that they were invincible and yep. are, are not going to be held accountable for their actions, but oh baby. And this is my issue. I know that they're still investigating. I know that they are still bringing charges as we speak, but people died. A member of law enforcement. Mm. So if I don't see some felonies yeah. that include some kind of homicidal charges, whether it's a manslaughter, uh, negligent homicide, something mm -hmm. like that. You know, the things that they always charge the cops with instead of murder. One exactly. Of those yeah. the low level, I kill somebody offenses. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a fucking problem. Yeah, it's going to be some shit because the way they've been throwing the book at these protesters for all of these Black Lives Matter protests, the way that they have, which um, I'm sure we're going to get into a bit later, but the way that they mishandled all of those protesters here in New York City, the yep. violence, driving through crowds and shit, running motherfuckers over, and we're not going to see these, these people held accountable, there will absolutely be some shit behind that. Justin, let's not even play with it. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break right now because you get my blood pressure up. Mm -hmm. We're going to take a break. We're going to come right back to holding court. And we're going to get straight to the Queen Tish James. Yes, Lord. And her lawsuit of NYPD for all the bullshit you just enumerated. Yes. We're going to get straight to that lawsuit when we come back to holding court. Stay with right. us. Okay, uh, thanks for coming back to Holding Court. We are getting straight to the shits. We left off conversation, Dustin, talking about the the way in which blatant white supremacist elements, uh -huh. individuals and terrorists have been treated with kid gloves uh -huh. as it relates to their deadly attack on our nation's capital. Attack. Folks died, one of which being a law enforcement member. Yeah. I don't think people are really paying attention to this shit. Mm -mm. Back the blue, they said. Law and order, they said. Blue lives matter, they said. Mm -hmm. Blue lives matter. Well, do they? Yeah. Because because a blue life was certainly taken from this yeah. earth at the, hands, at the hands 
of white supremacists who at the direction of the president, Donald Trump, mm -hmm. acted in this way. I, now, now, see, this is the kind of shit I pay attention to, Dustin. One of the uh, dumbasses said, this is a quote. This is a Chansley. This is one of the, this, I believe this was the fool, you know, in the pictures has got the horns and the dead animal shit hanging on him. And oh the yeah. Like looking musty. Yeah. Okay. yeah. His, name, his name is Chansley. And he told the FBI, this is a quote that he came to Washington as a part of a group effort with other patriots from Arizona at the what request of the president that all patriots come to D.C. on January 6, 2021. Remember that quote, Dustin, mm -hmm. because that shall likely, it should be totally relevant in the, the, the federal and criminal accountability of Donald J. Trump. Yes, Lord. To these dead lives. Yep. He has blood on his hands. And that's, he, not a, that's not hyperbole. And that's not an overstatement, Dustin. Yeah. There is blood on Trump's hands. Period. Literally. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Tweeting about that. He tweeted in all caps, of course, uh, see you January 6th, 2021 or something prior to this. They had merch that had the uh, MAGA um, uh, phrase attached to it, MAGA Civil War with the date January 6th on it. These are pre-printed T-shirts. This was absolutely an effort that was organized at the helm and hands of Donald Trump. And all these dummies have been, like you said, Ebony, because let's not forget what we're dealing with right here. We're dealing with a bunch of egomaniacs, the, the white privilege and the, the mm -hmm. white audacity of all of these people involved, right? And they yep. want the attention. That's why they've been celebrating their appearances. The, you saw the yep. dumb lady saying, and that made it to Fox News, <laughs> talking about whatever she did inside the Capitol. Thirsty. Yeah, yep. they're so thirsty for attention that they've been making those videos Yep. Declare, declaring the fact that they've committed crimes. And I hope that they throw the book at all of their asses because yeah. they're never, but they're not because that same guy that you're talking about, he yep. did get arrested with the horns on his head mm -hmm. and he has been on a hunger strike in jail because he uh, refused to eat anything other than organic food. And do you know that they gave the motherfucker organic food? They gave it to him. So like, that's what's going on. That's what's really going on. That's why ooh, we got to have this conversation about whiteness in this country, Dustin. Okay, so that all leads us to let's compare that treatment mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to the treatment of the very many protesters in New York City that turned out this summer in the wake of the killing of Brother George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and many others to protest racial injustice in this country. Mm -hmm. Thousands of folks, black, white, and everything in between. <clears throat> turned out in the streets of New York in various neighborhoods all mm -hmm. across all the five boroughs. This was actually an international protest, as we know. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about what happened in New York. Now, Tish James, our sitting attorney general here in New York State, That's is right. suing. Yeah, she's, she's doing important work. She is suing the New York City Police Department over its handling of those BLM protesters. I want to be specific as to what Tish is suing for. She's suing for a pattern of using excessive force and making false arrests against New Yorkers doing peaceful protests. And she's making this suit based off more than 1,300. So that's over 1,000 complaints and pieces of evidence. This has been a long-going investigation. And let me tell you something about when the attorney general brings a, brings a suit like this. Yes. They, they do it with the weight of all the evidence. She's yes. not playing games. This is not some local prosecutor. This is the sitting AG of the state of New York. What she is seeking is reforms 
policy-wise, also bring in, bringing in a federal monitor outside of the state at the federal level to oversee the police department's tactics and how they handle future arrest. This is important shit. And I want to be specific here as to some of the, some of the actions taken by the PD and some of the brutality, Dustin, that they enforced on the citizens of our beloved city. Okay, here we go. She is suing NYPD officers for doing the following. Unjustifiably deploying pepper spray, using batons, bicycles, and other forces of violence against protesters, repeatedly violating the constitutional rights and violating NYPD protocol with the uh, unauthorized use of force and pepper spray. It led to significant physical harm. This is not to be played with, including broken bones, concussions, gashes requiring stitches and staples and other physical and psychological harm. And so shout out to Letitia, to, uh, Letitia James. Yes, this yes. is exactly why she was put in that position and elected into that position and, 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 and given that power, she's using it responsibly and she's doing the work. You said she's yes. seeking reform. She's seeking uh, another set of eyes on this shit to oversee, you know, how the process goes and what's being done. This is the real work. This is what people have been protesting for. This is what people have been asking for, for that bullshit to stop. And this is how it stops. So we got to support her in that. All right. So speaking of lawsuits, speaking of government accountability, here comes some criminal charges. Now, this is something we don't see a lot. I'm talking about the fact that nine government officials in Michigan have now been charged over the Flint water crisis, including, oh. I know, thank you, God, including the former governor. Rick Snyder. Rick Snyder. So mm -hmm. starting at night, how did the, you know, we've all heard about it. Let's go just some, some factual details to get the foundation right. Yep. As of 2014, the water supply in Flint, Michigan, okay, they switched it from the, what it was, Detroit city supply to a very nasty, dirty ass river in Flint. What ended up happening was that dirty ass water from that Flint river had toxins in it, had bacteria in it. Uh, the water was found to be very corrosive and it, it actually ate away at these lead pipes, <clears throat> causing the lead, this is crazy, right, to seep into the water supply, the drinking water supply from those old ass, crusty ass, rusty ass lead pipes. I want you to visualize this, people, okay? You got children, women, and men drinking from that dirty ass water and it led into contaminating their blood. Unbelievable. Hmm. It led to all kinds of tragedy, um, including death. Twelve people died. Dozens more sickened. Many folks ending up with uh, Legionnaire's disease and all other kinds of forms of pneumonia and blood disorders. All because the government officials of Michigan, including the governor himself and the health and safety services and all that shit director, decided it would be cheaper to switch from the Detroit city water supply. This is my hometown. We've talked about this previously. I was born and raised in Flint, Michigan. I have family members, friends, loved ones that are affected by this currently as we're speaking. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my friend's children have grown up brushing their teeth with bottled water as opposed mm -hmm. to, you know, running a faucet, just small things that we've taken for granted. Um, right bald spots in in in, in the scalps yeah. all sorts of things have been happening um people have had to move their families to you know neighboring communities that uh 
are serviced by a different water supply, uprooting them, you know, having to seek new employment, all sorts of shit. So the effects of this are far reaching. Mm. This is by no, no means over. Um, and I say, you know, again, line their asses up, get everybody, every dirty ass politician, every dirty city official, every dirty state official who was a part of this, who did nothing, the ones who were complacent and set and listened to years of complaints from people, watched the city have a stigma. There's a stigma attached to my hometown now. When yeah. you speak about Flint, Michigan, you don't think about the blue ribbon public schools, you know, that were there uh, or mm. the communities of working families, you know, that I grew up around. You think about dirty water and a city that is impoverished and, and, yep. and, and, you know, covered in tragedy. So it's just really a bad, bad thing that someone, i.e. the people who are in this suit, uh, yep. need to be held accountable for these charges. These charges, these criminal charges. Yeah, again, it's, and I want to make that note. To, uh, there was some civil uh, litigation around it. They were brought a couple years ago and then it settled in August of 2020. The mm -hmm. state reached a $600 million settlement with the residents of Flint. Yeah. Now, here's the issue. Here's the issue, Dustin, from a legal standpoint. Typically, when we see that level of civil settlement, unfortunately, that means it is the end. Mm -hmm. And we will never see criminal uh, accountability because one acts in place of the other. Now, the law is not supposed to work that way, but mm -hmm. that is often indeed how it works. So I am extremely happy and surprised to see that the local prosecutor, I'm talking about Wayne County prosecutor, Kim Worthy. Kim Worthy. Yep, yep, yep. Um, is leading a criminal accountability in, in, in terms of criminal charges. It's very important. It's very important. Two counts of willful neglect of duty now, that is a misdemeanor. That is the charge against uh, the, the governor, Rick Snyder. Mm -hmm. uh, he could face a sentence of one year in prison and, and a thousand dollar fine. Small, small shit. Slap on the wrist. There's also a felony count of involuntary manslaughter. That's the biggest charge we're looking at here for the former state health director, Nick Lyon, and former state chief medical officer, Eaton Wells. Mm -hmm. Both of them are looking at up to 15 years in prison for each one of those counts. See ya. See ya. Yeah, of involuntary manslaughter. Woo! Now, all of these people, of course, have pled not guilty. They've all posted bond. According to the Detroit Free Press, Rich Snyder is the first Michigan gover governor or former governor to be charged for alleged criminal conduct while in office. Um, and that's significant. I would like to see him charged with, with stronger charges. That's right. Um, I think that's I think that's weak. I think that's thin. I think there's if the people beneath you are being charged with manslaughter. Last I checked, Dustin, it, it starts from the top down. That's what I thought. But it depends on who's at the top, apparently. So with that, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we're getting into all of the nitty gritty with our dear friend, um, mutual mentor, uh, just complete queen in the space. Miss yes. Debbie Smith and her new book, Bevelations. We'll yes. be right back. Okay, so we're here now. She's a mentor of mine. She's my dear friend. She's a mutual friend of me and, and Dustin's. I love my Dustin too. Hey, I know. Bevy, baby. I know. Queen Bevy Smith. And it, it, this audience knows who Bevy Smith is. So we're not about to even disrespect you with no bio rundown, Bevy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. They already know the vibes. The name um, rings bells. Okay. The, the, the name, the name really is only needs to be one name. You she's she's on some Madonna. Yeah. Michael Prince yeah. shit. Yeah. Bevy. 
That's Bevy. all you need. Yes. The one and you the only. Thank okay. you, baby. So Bevy, of course, is on just an iconic press tour for her new release, her memoir, Bevelations. And before mm-hmm. we get into uh, the nitty gritty and a very particular point in Bevelations, I got a particular chapter, Bevy, that oh. just mm-hmm. it rang to my heart and to my entrepreneurial spirit. Mm-hmm. Okay. And on this show, you know, we love Black excellence and Black ownership. Yes. Yes, and you are about that in this book. I am. I am. But before we get to that, I just want to compliment you. A lot of books come out, a lot of books by a lot of great Black folk. This press tour, you have uh, curated. My dear, my queen, it's epic. You can't breathe without seeing Bevy Smith ass everywhere. (laughs) That's right. Bevy's on The Breakfast Club. Bevy's on Wendy. All my sores were blowing me up because... um, Many of the New York chapters of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated have come together to host a dynamic uh, virtual mm-hmm. event celebrating Bevy and Bevelations. That's coming yes. up in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But when they saw you on Wendy, Bevy, <laughs> these pink and green ladies, they went and bought all the books, honey. They about yes. their life. We are Hello. ready. Um, and, and, and Bevy is just killing it. And we are so proud of you and honored to have you now on Holding Court. So let's get into it. So can I just say really quickly that I wanted to be on holding court and people are talking about our press tour mm-hmm. and, and I love it. And shout out to my publicist and my best friend who's in the book, Amy Morris, mm-hmm. who's been my yes. friend for over 30 years and, and just happens to be my partner in dinner with Bevy and is yeah. also my publicist. Um, when people love you, they do all the work. Also, too, Amy understands, even though she's a white woman, and yeah. I am big on, you know, Black folks having Black teams, yes. Black representation. Sure. I am all about that. But Amy Morris is someone who knows me and loves me and cares for me and also has a unique way of understanding about our culture. Yes. And she knows that I want to do Junie and Boo Boo's podcast the same way I want to do Good Morning America. Yes. Okay. So I don't have those ideas. I find that so many Black folks that actually have opportunities to do things like I did, like the Wall Street Journal and, Mm -hmm. you know, Bloomingdale's, that kind of stuff, Bloomingdale's, they will oftentimes then kind of turn down their nose at more of our our um, outlets. And that's yeah. a bad thing to do. We got to support each other. Yeah. And our outlets are far more important to me than even the mainstream outlets, because this is really, I knew that the bread and butter of my sales would come from Black people, specifically mm-hmm. Black women, mm-hmm. like my little Ebony K. Williams. Mm. Bevy, let me tell you something, my dear. First of all, I'm humbled and I receive every word you said. And let me tell you and everybody listening, I was at a talk at the 92nd Street Y with the great Billy Porter and Ryan Murphy. And Ryan Murphy said something so profound that night, y'all. I wrote it in my iPhone. He said that as a content creator, it is when you narrow your scope. Yes. And you create for a very intentional consumer Mm -hmm. that you then become more universal. Because people can buy into that authenticity. When you try to be everything to everybody, it just don't fly. It just don't fly. And especially when you can tap into audiences like Black folks, like the LGBTQIA, specifically the Black LGBTQIA. Because at the end of the day, let's be very clear, Black culture is pop culture. Mm -hmm. And if it's not coming from a Black woman, it's coming from a Black queer person. So, yep. I mean, we are the alpha and the omega, darling. So, I mean, 
Anyone who's trying to skip around us or, you know, trying to be like, well, I don't really need that. Well, you'll see. You're going to learn today. And that goes for people that look like us as well. And so that's why I'm so so happy you're making that point, Bevy. We know the the, the Blacks that we support and build up. And then, you know, it's unfortunate when they get a little big for their britches, you know, and they, uh, you know, they want to bypass. But, but, you know, God has a way of always humbling that spirit, you right? Come back around. You got to come right on back around. Yes. And guess what? What I love about us, y'all, we always going to be there with open arms to receive you. We're gracious that way. Because We're that's our people. people. We're community yeah. people. Okay, yeah. so into Bevelations. By yes. the way, let me tell you who Bevelations is for. To me. Okay. Bevelations is for anybody that has decided they want to live life on their own terms. Mm. Anyone who has decided that mediocrity is not good enough for them. Okay. And anyone that has cited, decided, Bevy, that they are not afraid of their own power. Yes. That's what Bevelations, because be, the book is peppered with what you deem to be, you coin Bevelations and Bevelations. Yes. Bevelations are simply points of note yes. to step into your own power. Yeah. Yes, indeed. I love yes, it. Yes, indeed. Yeah. I love it. This is a necessary book, Bevy. I'm going to tell you the only thing I was mad about. I took wow. my little self on a little... A little holiday getaway between, uh, you know, we had Roni Ho and hiatus. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. And I so I just wish I had the book oh, during that because I needed these oh, Bevelations, uh, baby. Oh, thank but you, as baby. soon as I got my hands on it, I was knee deep into it. So <laughs> that brings me to one of the chapters near the end of the book. Mm. You call it When Bevy Met Andy. Yes. Who I know you call Andrew, which I love. Yes, actually. I call him Andrew. <laughs> so you're telling this story, and I'm not going to reread it because y'all's asses need to buy the book. Yes, okay? you do. No and spoilers. I'm going to tell you something. Yeah. Buy the book if you can. Uh, Amazon's great, but the the um, the calculus for how bestseller lists are curated, it is better. And correct me if I'm wrong, Bevy, but yeah. this was my experience. Please buy the book from a bookseller if you can. Yeah. yeah. Preferably a black one. Okay? Yes. yes. So there we go with that. So. You are telling a story about how at some point you get a call from a Bravo executive Mm -hmm. looking to find, they're looking to cast a Mm co-host for Tim Gunn's Guide to Style. Yes. Now, we all know Tim Gunn from Project Runway. Mm -hmm. I love a good spinoff. And this is essentially Bravo giving Tim Gunn a fabulous spinoff, Tim Mm -hmm. Gunn's Guide to Style. Uh, and you, of course, were top of mind when it came to casting his co-host. Well, I was not top of mind. Were you not? I wasn't top of that. I had never done TV before, so they didn't even know me. Well, they it came was, calling. Tell me how well, they came calling. On, well, only because a mutual friend of mine and Andy's by the name of Hunter Hill, mm-hmm. who was an advertising executive like me, yep. when I quit my job at Rolling Stone, I ran around the, the country, maybe even the world, telling people that I wanted to do TV. And I literally told anyone and everyone who would listen, Mm. children, you know, Mm -hmm. old people in the grocery (laughs) store. I didn't give, you know, just, I was just like, throw up against the wall and see what sticks. And so I told Hunter Hill, Hunter was on Fire Island with Andrew. And that's, and Andy said he was casting Mm -hmm. for the Tim Gunn show. And um, Hunter was like, my friend wants to do TV. Why don't you see her? She knows fashion. And she's fabulous. And she's yep. fashionable. And she's got a huge personality. Because that's the thing about TV, right? Everybody and their mama wants to do TV. Mm. And I'm never going to step on anybody's dream, Bevy. And right. <laughs> But it, uh, there takes, there requires to do television successfully, I would yes. say, yes. Um, a certain... Uh, 
what is the word, y'all? I'm trying to- Ability to amplify your message. There you go. Thank you, Bevy. That's it. (laughs) Your ability to amplify. Your ability to amplify and still be authentic though. Yes. Right? Because it's it's you can tell when people are playing for the cameras and doing the most with the guys. That's what they think it is. No, there's just certain people. um, I believe in Mm -hmm. spiritual gifts, right? Yes. And you you can spot it a mile away when God has bestowed a spiritual gift onto mm-hmm. someone because representation is critically important for our people and for the yes. people, right? Yes. So when God has placed that ability to amplify for the sake of broader understanding, you can mm-hmm. see it a mile away, which yes, actually indeed. brings me, I'm going to put a pause in the book to tell everybody my first encounter with Bevy Smith. Um. So I was just a little black girl who had mm-hmm. just moved to Harlem. Yes. I didn't know. Beautiful little black girl. Yeah. I'm just pounding the pavement in my little, Mm -hmm. you know, heels and just walking down the street, uh, Lenox Avenue specifically. I will never forget it. And I, cause I lived basically at 138th and 5th for like the first five years I was in New York. Mm -hmm. So that was my, that was my hood. And I'm walking down Lenox and this is at a time where, you know, it's popping, like popping restaurants, bars is really popping. And I see you, Bevy, and you were probably my first celebrity sighting in Harlem proper and huge fan. And I, I, you know, because I'm unabashed y'all. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I just walked right up to you. You were engaging in a lovely dinner. You were with several friends. Yes. Um, it was outside. It was a beautiful summer night. Mm-hmm. And I said, Bevy Smith, you don't know me from a can of paint. I was like, my name is Ebony K. Williams. At the time I was working for CBS News, yeah. like as just cookie cutter as can be. Mm-hmm. I said, but you inspire me and you show up in the space as I aspire to. And you know what you said? You didn't say, who is this random ass? Get get thee behind me. You didn't do that. (laughs) What you did was you said, well, take out your phone. And you said, here is my number. And you actually put your number in my phone, baby, as Beverly Smith. Yes. And you said, if you need anything, call me. And Mm -hmm. I just, it just was a game changer for me. I only have three stories in my whole life like that, where someone of your stature really saw me. You are one of those people, Bevy. You saw me before I could see myself in this space in this way, for that I'll always wow. be grateful. Carrie Washington saw wow. me in She's a way. great like that. And, and Regina King. I was mm-hmm. interviewing for a role at NBC News. I was in that elevator. You know the elevator, Bevy. Mm-hmm. It's the same yes. one we use for all the NBC Universal yes, products. Yes, yes. And uh, and she complimented my shoes and said whatever I was going for that God was going to see that I get it ultimately. Wow, um, that's so gave you, me chills. You three um, are black women that saw me before I saw myself yeah. in those ways. Thank well, you, to know, Tim Gunn. But, oh, go right, ahead, but I, I want to <laughs> just say this too, yes, and, and yes. thank you for saying that. But I I just think that that's an important note for us mm-hmm. to just stop on because mm-hmm. I want everyone that's out there that's listening to this, be kind and gracious to folks. Mm-hmm. The reason why my rollout has been so successful, the reason why I've been able to navigate all these different worlds, even when I went to page six TV, which was a yes. gossip show, I still retain celebrity relationships and it's because I am gracious. And I don't just become gracious towards people when they've made it. Yes, I'm yep. gracious to people. Now, I will tell you that I have a very discerning eye and spirit, and I know a winner when I see one. Mm. So that is also a gift. But I think that we need to be a little more gracious towards each other. And I think that when we're thinking about connecting with people, we need to stop trying to network, and we Mm. need to have real connections and really talk to people, look them in the eye, try and have a real moment that goes beyond the surface and goes beyond the 
oh, you know, you're fabulous and blah, 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 blah. All that stuff is fine. But when you get to the heart of people, when you can really connect with folks, that's what real long lasting relationships are. And those are the relationships that will allow you to eat for years, for decades. It's a testament to the woman that you are and the professional that you are. Yeah. So to that point, you're back yes. on, um, back on, <laughs> I just love this. I'm going to get, I'm going to get to it. So okay. uh, t- Tim Gunn, long story short, some kind of way, some kind of how really through um, Hunter, yes. uh, you, you're put on Andy Cohen's radar. Yes. This is important. Actually, we're talking yeah. a lot about this now. The ability to have your name mentioned in rooms you do not step foot in. Yes. That's right. Amen and hallelujah. Amen and hallelujah. Okay. And it's because you made some kind of really important impact with Hunter. That's Bill, right. That yeah. he was able to pass you. Okay. So at some point you get a phone call. At some point you do a test shoot. You killed mm-hmm. it. Yes. And fast forward, they make you an offer. Mm. You're thrilled. Yes, I'm excited. I mean, are you though. kidding me? Yeah, like this is like your first major TV <laughs> contract, and it's with fucking Bravo. Yeah, and t- Tim Gunn adjacent. Yes, yes, this is a win. And I love this. You're at the Odyssey Conference, which I have also mm-hmm. spoken at, and this is honey. If anybody is is wondering where all of the fabulous black women are, baby, they're at Odyssey. Okay, they're at Odyssey. at the at the Ritz Carlton. That's almost, right. Almost always. And yes, it's fabulous. Baby gets the call, y'all, that she's uh, been offered this contract and she's ex- ex- elated as she should be. She's telling everybody and their mama. But then you get the paperwork. Mm. Now let's put a pin in it. Yeah. You get the paperwork. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because Dustin and I talk about this all the time, Bevy. Uh, we, we just feel it's important, Bevy, as um, you know, people that have been blessed to have a platform in the space to tell the people, yes. especially the young people, the truth about mm-hmm. the business side of about the, the business. Yes. So you get the paperwork because it's all good until they put that contract in front of your face and you yes. got to make some decisions. So you get the paperwork, and even just your instinct said. Beyond my own attorney, (laughs) let me make some calls to some people who are extremely credible and trustworthy in the space. And for you, those are two women. Who do you call? Kim Bondi Mm -hmm. and Monique Chenault. Mm -hmm. And they're both legends. Yes. Um, So you call these two and long story short, they tell you, you just cannot sign this. They're like, yeah, that contract is really bad, baby. I'm like, and what's oh. your reaction? Right, what, right. Did, is that like heartbreaking for you to hear that? Yeah, it was heartbreaking because I was like, I so want to do this. But yeah. because I am a businesswoman and so I'm very used to negotiating, I'm thinking, well, okay, so the contract is bad. Well, the lawyer will go back and we'll negotiate. Well, here's the truth. <laughs> here's a gotcha, gotcha. Uh-huh. I've never done TV before. And Bravo is not interested in some unknown person trying mm-hmm. to dictate to them what the terms of the agreement the agreement should be. Mm-hmm. And so they say, which is their right. Well, no, this is the contract. Take it or leave it. Yeah. And my lawyer says, well, I guess you have to take it. And I said, well, no, <laughs> we don't have to do anything. But stay black and die. It says yes. stay black and die. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. So I'm going to say no on the contract. Right. I'm going to say no on that contract. Now, Ebony, you know, I didn't know it was going to take seven years before I got another TV show. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so 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 let's let's slow it down. So you pass on that contract. Yes. And I want to talk to uh, a little bit about why you passed, because it's important. Mm. Mm-hmm. You passed not even because the money was whack. And for yeah. all, and I tell all the young folks, 
If you think you about to get rich off of your first few TV deals, go yeah. and sit your ass down. It's yeah. just not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not. It, it, it's not a slight on any particular your person talent or at any, all. Or any it's, it's just not the way that it works. It's just, it's just not, not the, the way, way the industry works. works. Yeah. Not so, traditionally. Not traditionally. And so, Bevy, as the former executive and businesswoman that you were at the time of engaging in this dialogue, mm-hmm. You were smart. Like like Dustin and I do this. We do it. And I think we do it quite well. We mm-hmm. make a ton of our money off of tangential business agreements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. That are outside of our media platforms. Mm-hmm. That's how yeah. we eat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. You know, yeah. and the problem with this particular Bravo contract, as is the case with a lot of these high performing network contracts, they want you entirely exclusively. Yeah. That exclusivity clause is paramount. I tell everybody the exclusivity clause is more important than the pay rate clause. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is. Okay. It, it is. is. It is. And yeah. baby, can you just elaborate on why you could not take a deal that prohibited you with that level of exclusivity? I want the people to hear this. Yeah. Well, I couldn't take the deal because I had already um, started developing dinner with Bevy and um, I had sponsors um, yeah. that, that, you know, we're a part of dinner with Bevy. So Moet was a sponsor. Um, you know, I had lots of different, Target was a sponsor, mm. different things like that. And so um, the deal was basically if they had, um, if they had a client, if Bravo had a client that was advertising on the show, mm-hmm. but it was a direct conflict with the, the client that I had for dinner with Bevy, they could literally tell me that I couldn't work with that client, mm-hmm. yep. which means that, I wouldn't have been able to receive a paycheck from them. And they weren't paying me enough to just own me outright in that way. And so then I had to make that decision to pass on it. And it's funny because Andy and I just talked about this again. And he's like, but Bevy, it took seven years for the next thing. He is like, "Um, but maybe you made the wrong decision. I was like, oh no, Andy, everything is as it should be. Because if I hadn't done that, then dinner with Bevy, doesn't become the success that it is. Mm-hmm. And then then I don't have the relationships, real solid relationships that I do with so many celebrities. And that means I don't have the relationships to get people on Bevelations, my radio show. Mm-hmm. And then I don't have the relationships to get people on my soon-to-be TV show where I'm playing, a, where I am a fairy godmother helping people revamp and revise their lives. I don't mm-hmm. have that. I don't have those relationships. Yep. And so what, I, what would I have? I would have had a TV show where I was someone else's sidekick. I would have been making uh, for two uh, you know, seasons. For two seasons, yeah, that's <laughs> and, exactly and, how long the show lasted. Go yes, ahead. and I would have been making some a few dollars, and some people would have known me sooner. But uh, no, it's far better the way I did it, and it was it a harder. It was a harder road to hoe, but that's okay too. And so that's the other part of it in the book. I really wanted to be honest, Dustin and Ebony, because mm-hmm. I felt like so many people write these. Um, self-help books and these transform your life books. And no one's talking about the horrible hardship of transforming one's life. It's not easy to transform your life. It's not easy to pursue your dreams and to be passionate about your passions. It's not easy, but it's It's also not easy easy to lead a basic life either. And And be miserable and be miserable. How about them animals? There's work involved. There's work involved in manifesting your dreams and making that sort of a pivot. You know, you have to apply some sort of strategy and effort. So it's not for the lazy. It's not for the lazy. It's not for the lazy. And it's not for the impatient. When I was reading this chapter and this story, I just knew you were going to (laughs) say, 
it was, you know, a take it or leave it from Bravo. And so I said, you know, thank you, but I just can't sign on for this. I just knew I was going to turn the page and it was going to say, and then Andy called me or somebody from Bravo called me and offered, uh, you know, a slight uptick. It was, no. that was the end of the damn story. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They were like, well, you take care, sweetie. Yes, you take care. <laughs> and in fact, you know, you take care. And, and we, Andy said, I, I do believe we will work together in the future. Yes. And fast forward many years later, uh, Fashion Queens yep. comes to yep. fruition. Can you tell yep. us how Fashion Queens did come to fruition? Well, this is, I love this story because it everything is as it should be. So yeah. Andy didn't know me before the audition. And right. he wasn't at the audition. He got taped. And so when he saw the tape, then him and his boss, Amy Intracostle Davis, wonderful mm. woman, they loved me. They offered me the position. I said, no, Andy called me in to meet with them because he just right. wanted to meet me. He said, you're even better in real life than you are on tape. Yeah. We're going to work together. I'm going to find something. And he was like, this thing called Fashion Queens, it's like going to be fashion commentary. And I'm like, yes. Okay. Yes. Because I'm not really that excited. Because no? No, girl. Oh, because you got I mean, the holding I, deal with BT. No, no, no. Not even oh. that. Because I just didn't want to do fashion. Mm-hmm. Oh. Like, I love fashion. Right. I only okay. do fashion because it's a way for me. It, I could do it really You're an easily. expert. Yeah, you're yeah. an expert. Yeah. 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 So I was like, okay. And then he told me about the co-host. Now, uh-huh. I love little Derek J because yes. I'd already mentored him. Mm, okay. And Miss Lawrence was a wild card. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Miss Lawrence. And I thought he was going to be a mean, shady person. And so I am the type of person. And I love, listen, Ebony, you already know, you know, I'm full of reality TV. I know. You know, you know I, I know. support you because you're my little lamb and I want yes. you to win. That's right. Um, I, but I did say on that TV show last night, um, mm-hmm. watch what happens. Up, I said, stay above the fray, Ebony, stay above the fray. Because I, uh, I want you in the muck and mind with these people. But so I was well, Bevy, just, let me say, tell you this, yes. you know, without me spilling too much tea. Yes. Yes. Um, the same little Ebony that, you know, that always has a plan. Yes. Of course. Has a, has a motherfucking plan. So you're going to do like Cardi <laughs> B did with Love and Hip Hop. You want to take them two seasons. Okay. Next. Um, you know, your little girl got a plan, baby. I already know. Yeah. Okay. Now, now back mm-hmm. to, um, back to, so, um, Miss Lawrence, yeah, yes. Yeah. So I was afraid, and the top was like, I cannot go to work and be in a combative space. Like mm-hmm. I can't. Oh do no. That. Oh no. And so I called him up, and I let him know that I come from a mothering spirit mm. with my young gay men. Yes. I always come from a mothering spirit. Mm. I'm the mother of the house, and that's how I wanted to be. And of course, now he's one of my best friends. But mm. I just didn't know, and that job turned out to be the best experience I've ever had in my entertainment career. And now it's been 15 years that I've been working in entertainment in this way. Mm. It's still the best set I've ever been mm. on. We were a family. Yeah. Um, it was a smart show. It was a groundbreaking show. We had never seen three black people talking about mainstream fashion yep. in the way that Age. we were doing it. You yep. also had never seen two gender non-conforming black gay men on television before yeah. it was groundbreaking first and i'm of very proud kind. of the work that we did it was very first proud. Of kind and still the only one of its kind and yeah. by the way y'all i mean not that it uh, y'all might not do anything with it but folks want fashion queens back to i know day. i know but you know what it's yeah. very hard to do fashion to commentary now because you know you have to be so very careful yeah. we don't and you know even though it's just fashion is just the clothes you're talking about and not necessarily the person Right now, the space that we're in, so many people are going through so many different things. And so we don't know why they might look a mess. They might be <laughs> looking a mess because, you know what I mean? Like, it could be something really wrong. 
Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. child. So now you have to be so careful. Like, you wouldn't want to be like, oh, X, Y, Z looks crazy. And then it turns out that they're having mental health mental issues. Mental health like, issues. Yeah. Uh-uh. You know I, mean? I hear you. And that's that's real bad. But, you know, I'm not the most PC person. <laughs> and, um, you know, sometimes when motherfuckers look a mess, they need to know about right, it. Right, you right, know? Right. But, um, <laughs> but I feel you. But no, Fashion yeah. Queens, for many folks, was their introduction to Bevy Smith. Yes. And, and it was just such a groundbreaking show. I know if you've, the former pageant girl and me yes. absolutely <laughs> lived for Fashion Queens <laughs> because really since Joan Rivers, there yeah. had not been that bombastic, yes. authoritative, credible yes. voice in the space. Yeah. You know? And you you really did cement that um, along Thank with uh, Miss Lawrence and um, Brother Derek, Derek, J. Derek J. So cute with his heels. I live. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so that's how we got to Fashion Queens. And then from there, I, I so it's funny. Let's tell you a page six story. I was almost your co-host, baby. Quiet is kept, you know, and this is what this I, I love that we're we're telling these stories and this episode is probably going to run long, but I do hope in the edit. Well, not I hope I'm the executive producer. I'm going to make it happen. Shit. Right. Uh, yeah. We're going to keep some of these stories because people need to know the thousand steps that it takes to get to the platform. Many yeah. people are going to just be being introduced to me on Real Housewives of New York City. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful for it. I take none mm-hmm. of it for granted. Yes. And that's really part of the that's the primary reason I'm doing the show. Right. Mm-hmm. Or the visibility. Mm-hmm. There's very the hard to compete with the visibility that Bravo offers. Yes. But yeah. for anybody thinking that that I'm just starting, that's a lie. That's this a has been lie. over 10 years in the that's making. That's right. In the making. So I had a call mm-hmm. with Michael Weinberg. Weinberg. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This must have been now four years ago, baby. Wow. You guys were going into season two okay. of page six. So yeah. the show was already successful. Y'all yeah. already had been renewed. You yes. were hosting that was Carlos on season one. Yeah. Carlos and Elizabeth. Yeah. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And I know Elizabeth as well. We have like yeah. mutual friends. That's my baby. That, yeah, lovely, lovely. There was they were thinking that they might add an additional co-host yeah, yeah. to speak specifically to kind of the legal celebrity yes, news because yeah. it's that's why we have holding court. It's always yeah. intersecting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talked to Michael Weinberg directly on a uh, Skype at that time. This mm-hmm. was pre-Zoom yeah. Yeah. Uh, for about an hour and a half. And mm. then we hung up and he just said, um, you're too, you're, you're, you're fantastic. You're too serious. Um, Cause I'm gonna oh. tell you at that, at that time, I was so preoccupied with perfectionism and I wanted to show how smart yes, I was. Yes, yes. Oh, we we so get involved I, in that, baby. Yes, yes and I was oh, I really, really concerned with I need to show up smart. And what I did mm-hmm. in doing that, baby, I undermined my, my most blessed gift, which is my personality. Yes. Mm. It's really only been in recent years. And that's why I love this show, Holding Court. Yes. I love what I'm able to do on Revolt Black News. Yeah. These are the first times in my career, y'all, I've been able to show up as my full self. Wow. My full self. Yeah. You know, get, yeah. get that news desk out of my face. Yes. Let me be able to really show the people who I really am internally. Um, but yeah, so I, I didn't get the offer, but that was a conversation we had. And I was really bummed. But then, you know what? They were right. That show needed exactly what y'all had already devised as the ingredients. Yeah. Because sometimes you can add one more little ingredient mm-hmm. and it, it, it really fucks up the vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you would have been fine. It, well, you would have actually, I'm going to tell you what would have happened. At first, I would have been tight, 
and you would have immediately have, given no, me that comfort. Well, you you yeah. would have made me because I would have talked you through it. Right. I would have talked you through <laughs> right. it. Right. No, that's, that's what important I would have done. Too. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I would have talked had... you through. That I would have been like, uh, uh-uh, uh, Ebony, we gotta let them see all of Ebony. Yes. Because that's what we yes. have to do. We always yes. have to show up as our most bold and authentic selves. Yeah. Um, and you know, and for me in the book, I talk a little bit. I talk a lot about Lulu Brown Bevy. So mm-hmm. for me, I had to do the opposite. Mm. I had to actually start showing up as my most vulnerable mm. and and kind mm. of like um, intellectually curious self yes. because I had built up such a big bravado and such a big swagger personality mm-hmm. that people were missing out on all the other parts of me that really do, to me, make me my most best self. Well, it's, you spoke about it, baby. It's that tender mothering nature that you have. Um, that is just an incarnation of little Brown Bevy who reads the books and who skips school, but just to read, to sit around and read the national (laughs) geographic. (laughs) Yo, by the way, all of these stories are in Bevelations. You're going to see an intimate, always funny, but, but that tender side of Bevy and really to me, Bev, the things that have allowed you to ascend to the places that you're ascending to. There's a lot of talent out there, but it's the people that lead with their heart. I believe they really ascend to the highest echelons in the space. Amen. Amen. I received that. I received that. We're so proud of you. We're so proud of Revelations. Thank you. And I just want to say too, you know, one of my biggest mantras is it gets greater later. Mm -hmm. And and, and honestly, I've been saying this forever in a day, but I have to say with this book, that's only Mm -hmm. been out for less than a week. I've already gotten an opportunity. I just booked two jobs last week because wow. of this book. That's yep. what I'm talking about. Because yep. of this book. It gets yeah. greater later. And, and and when I'm talking about jobs, you know, God is so good. Mm-hmm. When Page Six TV went off the air, I was not at all afraid about financial because it, it did pay well. It paid yes, well. Yes, of course. Of course. Because um, it was a nationally syndicated it show. Was syndicated. Which is really yeah, but and you really want, you want a yeah. nationally syndicated show because yeah. you don't need cable, you don't need anything to see a nationally syndicated show. So it's yep. really is the holy grail of TV. You want to mm-hmm. be syndicated. Yeah. So um, it was really great. But I also realized that having that experience at Page Six TV, which was not a pleasant experience for me, mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to change the way I did TV. Mm-hmm. And so I stopped down. I didn't go to my agent and say, find me another show. I said, let me take a moment and figure it out. Because I also knew that I had multiple revenue streams as we just talked about. Same and way. I knew that my speaking engagements were, a, I make a lot of money off of speaking engagements and I knew that I could. Can I, let me stop you right mm-hmm. there, Bevy. Yeah. Say that part one more time. Just what you just said. <laughs> what speaking engagements? No, that I make, make a lot of money off yeah. of speaking engagements. Because yeah. let me tell you this, I'm so motherfucking tired of people asking people to speak. People like yourself. Oh. People to ask people to, would you moderate yeah. this? Will you no. be a keynote for this? And they want to yeah. do it gratis. People no. respectfully, no. as Bevy Smith no. just told you, the spe- public speaking of people that do it exceptionally well, okay? It is a part of our business model. Yeah, it is. It, is. it really it is. is. And everybody and it, doesn't do it well. But for no. someone like Bevy, if, if yeah. you're asking Dustin Ross yeah. to yeah. moderate your event yeah. or give your keynote introduction. Yes. Don't disrespect you have to see, it. With you, have to see you, have you have to, to see him. You have to see him on the coins. You have That's to pay him. Thank you. Because you can't even you can't even present the message or the information appropriately for free. You just simply nah. can't do it. You so. just can't do it. Yeah. And I'll tell you something else too. To that point, you know, um, I do a lot of uh, philanthropic work. Oh, for I sure. Also, yep. and the, but I will also work with brands that mean something to me. 
Mm-hmm. And then yeah. they have less than my going rate. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I work with people. Yeah. But, you know, but I do have a rate. Mm-hmm. Thank it you. It's five figures. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And I do expect to be seen with my coins. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And that's it. And, and that's, that's just that. Because that's the work that I love to do. I really do love it. And I you're a professional. Yeah. Yes. It's like, listen, you can ask your cousin to open the event and that's fine. But, but when it, you want the likes of Bevy Smith or Dustin Ross mm-hmm. or Jason Lee or at this point in time in my career, Ebony yes. K. Williams. Yes. That's right. Bevy, that was, I think the last time I was able to lay my eyes on your lovely face was at yes. that Shadow League event. Yes, exactly. You MC'd. were great. Yes. Yeah. You, know, you that's were awesome. What, that's what we do as professionals. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. And so people have to get with the program. And yeah, yeah, no, and it's like, you know, and the picking up the brain and all that. And that's one of the reasons why I wrote the book. Like right. I started my business, Dining with Bevy, Life with Vision, which is a motivational speaking event, mm-hmm. um, 50 to 75 people. I'm bringing it back. It was $150 per person. Mm-hmm. The, the price will be higher now because mm-hmm. of all the other moments that I've it's had. Really and all the other great experiences. Um, but it was really created because so many people were on social media saying, can I take you out to lunch? Can I pick your brain? And it's like, no, you know what? I love it. I want to help everyone. Yes. But here's the thing. If I don't go out to lunch with everyone and let everyone take me for coffee and pick my brain, I literally came and get the work done. Yes. So then I'm of actually no value because yeah. you don't want to have lunch with a loser. You don't yeah. want to have, you don't want to pick right. the brain of someone who ain't working. Who's not elevating. So, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. the book is really born out of that. Yeah. It really is because I really put all my real life lessons in there. It's so a wealth not, of information not, in there. It's Thank a you. wealth of yeah. information. I'm not, I'm not sugarcoating nothing either. No. no, you're not sugarcoating. You're telling the truth. And for yeah. some folks, they're going to read this book and they're going to tap out. Because oh, they're going to recognize, well, they're going to recognize it's not for them. Yeah. But for, I yeah. think, the majority of the people that read yeah. the book, Bevy, yeah. they're going to, it's a blueprint. It's yeah. a blueprint of how it could look different for everybody. Mm-hmm. But the basics, the very basics of how to elevate and cultivate yes. a life that works for you, that's not maybe the standard uh, mainstream mm-hmm. pathway, because for certain people, that's not going to be it. But we have the power to curate and cultivate our path for ourselves. And Amen. that yes. is the lesson of Bevelations. Bevelations yes, lessons for my mother, auntie, bestie. Get into it. Get all the That's way right. deep into it. <laughs> Bevy, we're so proud. We know that we're going to be on the New York Times bestseller. Oh, yes. Yes. Momentarily, child. Okay. Uh, it's going well, to happen and we're and, proud. But can I say this too? Can I yes. just say this really quick about yes. as a, at, um, I want people to know this. Be grateful. They, we talk about these gratitude lists and we're supposed mm-hmm. to be grateful for things every single day and we write these things down. What I will tell you is this. If I make the New York Times bestseller list, oh my gosh, amazing. But honestly, I have done the work. I have written a book. I'm in the Library of Congress. Yes. My daddy's name is is it's in the Immortalized. World. It's immortalized. It's immortalized. Yes. So I've already won. Maybe. So I sit in gratitude yeah. already. Amen. surrounding this book. So Bevelations Lessons from a Mother, Auntie, Bestie, it's already done. As Andrew Caldwell would say, it is already done. It already is done. already done. <laughs> it is already done. It's already Listen, done. So that's how Mary had that's how Mary had a little <laughs> and that's how, uh, let's get all the let's just get all, all of them right all in there. All of them. Right and on shout there. out to Roland Ray. Let's let's pray it gets better. And I know he's having surgery. Yes. Oh, Ray. I saw, yeah, you know? I saw a photo 
he didn't look yeah. so well. He's very no, bandaged no. up. He's in great spirits, so he said he was oh, excited to see what the new face was going to give. So I said, well, that that sounds like Roland Ray. So that's, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yes. Prayers, prayers to Roland, Bevy. We yes. love you, and I thank you, you so much too. for joining us. Thank we'll you, see you soon. Bye. 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 <laughs> that is so good. Jurors, thank you guys so much for listening. Please, y'all know the deal. Follow us, subscribe, give us a review. Let us know, most importantly, what you think. Tell a friend, help get the word out. Check out our episode notes as well, y'all, because sometimes we put important links and information there to push the conversation forward. Holden Court comes to you from Uppity Productions, in association with Dossie Media, and presented by the Black Effect Network from iHeartRadio. Audio services always provided by One of One Productions. Y'all check them out at oneofoneproductions.com. Again, join us next week when court's back in session. And in the meantime, y'all stay safe, mask up, socially distance, keep the faith, and always do what, Dustin Ross? Read your terms and especially your conditions. Amen, brother. Amen.